Hey friends, welcome to an episode of the Great Day Podcast. I'm your friend and host, Mayor K. And today we have a dear, dear friend of mine, a legend, an inspiring human being, a poet, a public speaker, an international public speaker, a man full of adventure and a massive, massive heart and soul. Please welcome my dear friend, Oshri Moyal. What's up, Oshri? Hey, how are you doing? Good, so, good. Awesome sauce, man. I'm doing great. I'm doing good. Good to see you. I'm glad we're able to, uh, to be able to chill and have this time together, man. Yeah, of course. It's been a while. How are you holding up in, uh, in, in quarantine? Has quarantine affected your life? Any, is anything different from uh, how you usually go about life? Well, I'm a lot more bored now. Um, there isn't much to look forward to in terms of outings and concerts and going to movies, going out with friends. So it's a little limiting in that sense, but a lot's happened during quarantine for me. So, I mean, it's been interesting. It's been exciting. Um, when is life not exciting for you, Osh? I always feel like every time I'm on the call with you, yeah. there's, there's some new development going on. There's always something happening for me. I don't know. Um, but yeah. What was, what was something that you, you said something, some big things happened. What's, what's one thing that took place in quarantine that, that shifted, that changed? So in early March, before the quarantine was, was sort of mandated, um, I got pneumonia, um, which was pretty scary because we all knew that corona was spreading around. Um, so we thought that maybe that could have been, that could have been it. Uh, but no, it was just pneumonia. And that took me about 10 days on antibiotics to get through. Wow. But even still going through some uh, after effects and I'm still feeling like a little bit of chest pain, but they said that because of my condition, which is muscular dystrophy, that it takes me longer to recover. So that's been a big part of the quarantine for me, just getting through that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been wow. tough, but it's been, yeah. but, you, but you're But you're staying positive. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's crazy. I don't know how, but when I go through stuff like this, I always end up getting stronger in my faith and my belief and my positive outlook. I mean, I don't know how it used to be that things like this would bring me down that would let it affect me and dictate my level of happiness. But I've gotten to a point in my life where, and I've reached an age where I'm able to sort of adapt and get overcome the, the mental struggle. Bro, I mean, that, for those who may know Oshri and for those who don't, I mean, just hearing this doesn't surprise me, like how you're tackling this, you know, a pandemic quarantine, but also like in general, the, your outlook on life has always been so positive. And I, I just, I want to hear more. I want to get into like, because I, you're an infectious human being and I gain so much, you know, strength and inspiration from you. And I'm lucky to call you a friend. And, yeah. uh, and I'm sure many people will be inspired by you once they hear your story. And I want to get into details about what it is and how it is that you, the shifts of how, what you do to stay positive and and you, I know we talked briefly about, you know, finding a deeper faith in quarantine and during adversity, which most people lose their faith. You, you seem to double down on it. And um, yeah. I want to hear more about that. But before I, I get into those details, um, I want you to just share a bit, but just, but just some details about what is MD, what's muscle dystrophy for those who do not know. And, um, and yeah, just, and, and briefly, when, when did I come into your life? 
Well, I think before I do that, I uh, did forget to mention the most, the craziest thing that happened during quarantine, which is a couple of weeks ago, I felt flu-like symptoms and I ran a, a, a slight fever and I wasn't feeling really well for a few days. And I called the doctor, my doctor, my, uh, my pulmonary doctor, my lung doctor. And he told me that it's probably the flu, but you should get tested for the COVID virus. Oh man! So that really threw me for a loop and really terrified me because I thought I was doing everything right. I was in quarantine. I wasn't going out, limiting my exposure to people. So that was very, very scary. And the day before the test, I was just stressed out and psyching myself out. And then the day of the test, probably the most stressful day I ever went through. Oh Waking my God, up, dude. I had to drive like 40 minutes and the test itself was nasty. And the bride- They, very, they very swabbed you up the nose? Is that what they did? They swabbed you oh, up yeah. the nose? They went all the way yeah. up there. Oh, dude, it felt like that like, my it brain. It felt like an yeah. eternity. It's the worst. And just that whole day, I was stressing about the result. What would it be? What's going on? Because mm. I'm not ready for a fight like this. I just- got through ammonia, it's going to be probably too much for me to handle. So I was very, very scared. And that night, I felt like I couldn't breathe. I think all the, all the stress, all the trauma of the day was just like coming at me all at once. It felt like everything was landing on my chest. Oh, I God. couldn't breathe. I told my mom, mom, I can't breathe. Call an ambulance. I thought that's it. Um, Dude, my God, I'm getting anxiety right now just hearing this story. That's, yeah, oh, we wow. called uh, a friend of mine. His dad's a doctor. So we called him. I told her, to my, told my mom, call him. He's going to know what to do. So we told him that we wanted to go to my hospital to make sure that I went to the right place. But he said first he's going to call a paramedic friend that he has to come and check my vitals, see if I really need to go to the hospital. So they did that. The guy came in with full gear, covered up, mask. The whole nine yards. Asthmat suit, the whole, the whole suit, the whole shield. Because, I mean, I took the test, so there was a chance I would have the, the virus. Oh, man. But he came in, he checked me out. Everything was perfect. All the numbers, he's like, dude, you look good. I don't know what's going on. Oh, wow. And then, like, after he told me that. Too close of a call, like, man. I just relaxed. I was like okay, fine, then I'm good. He says I'm good, I'm good. And then all the, all the fear, all the pain went away. And yeah, I've, been, I've, I've gotten better. I'm feeling great now, feeling almost 100%. And yeah, so that was... That was, a, cross, that was, that was a crazy yeah. close call, but thank God you're, you're okay, man. That's, thank God. Yeah, I mean, even, even, the point. even within that, I got to say, Hannah, too, like once even you finding out the news, everything is okay. A lot of people that I know, and I know for myself, I could... I can, even though nothing has happened, like you get the news that you're okay, I can still yeah. carry on and start worrying about, oh my God, what could have happened, what could have, and start freaking out, but, you know, and, and still carry this worry and anxiety, even though there's yeah. nothing actually there to be fearful for. And uh, not to get too dark, but there was a thought. No, we just started, we just started, we just started, we're going to say, we just started, oh no, uh, just so I don't forget, I, it's important, yeah. but uh, like when I was at the, the highest level, of that not being able to breathe and feeling like I wasn't breathing. Um, I just looked up to God and I was like, you know what, do what you got to do. Like, I don't have like 
just do what you want. Like, whoa, it was just like, do you, speak, was like do you speak to God like that often? I do. Yeah. Yeah. In times of need, but also in times when I want to say, give my thanks for something good that happened. So, but I do, I do end up, I do do that a lot. I find myself just in those big moments in life, just looking up and talking. Cause it's like, it's an open connection. You know? What does God, I mean, what does God, what does God look like to you? Is he, is he an old man with a long beard in the sky? I mean, that's what we grew up uh, thinking about. Is that, right? is, that, is, that, is, that, is that what you still believe? Is that what you, is that what you imagine? Like, you're like, God help me. And there's like, a, like some grandpa, some soft up. Some, soft, yeah. Soft, I, soft, I believe soft. the cliche. Yeah. I, I do. I do. Mm-hmm. But no, I just like, Hey man, whatever I, works. I'm very lucky that I'm very spiritual and I have my faith because it's very important for me to be able to tap into that when, when I need it, when I'm happy, when I'm sad, when I'm scared and it works wonders for me. I mean, but you didn't always have it. You didn't always have it though. Did you? I did not know. So when, when was that shift from, you know, not, you know, not believing in God or having faith, what, what triggered that to say, Hey, you know, this is something I'm going to practice. And I think my lowest point, in terms of my faith and my belief and my, my, just my mental, like, well-being. The lowest point was ages, like, 10, 10 to 13, about. Um, it was, I was still walking at that point, uh, at age 10 to 12. So I stopped walking at age 12. But even when I was walking during those years, it was very, very difficult. And I would fall down a lot. Like, I would, I'm not even exaggerating maybe 20, 25 times a day, just wow. fall to the ground. Cause just you, like, you cause you're just, your back. legs are just weak. And, and I mean, yeah, I want you to, do that. I, yeah. I, I just want to, I want to pause you there. I want you to continue about you finding your faith, but again, just, just before we go deeper into this podcast, I want just to quickly explain what muscular dystrophy is for those who do not know. Yeah. Um, and then let's, and we'll pick it up. Yeah. Sorry about that. Um, so yeah, okay. muscular dystrophy is a progressive neuromuscular disease that basically causes your muscles to waste away, to die, to just, over time, they just deteriorate. And the reason this happens is because my body doesn't produce a vital protein that muscles need to survive and to thrive. So my body just doesn't produce it. So because it doesn't produce it, the muscles just die. That's it. They just, over time, wither away. So I, I started my life looking healthy for the first couple of years. And then around age four, five, six, my mom noticed that walking and playing with the other kids, I was just, I was different. I couldn't keep up. I couldn't do everything without getting very tired. So that's when she started seeing signs. At age five, six, I was diagnosed. And basically what they tell you at that time is that you're going to be confined to a wheelchair early, early teens. And then you'll probably, you'll, you'll develop heart and lung problems uh, when you're like 20s. And then early 30s, that's it. That's wow. usually what they tell you when you get a diagnosis. I mean, that's right ins- now, that's insane. How did you, how did you, were you old enough to 
comprehend what they were saying? How did you handle that? Uh, not at that time, but my mom always tells this story where when she heard, she just fell to the ground and, you know, started crying. I mean, what else can you do? Yeah. yeah. I mean, they just told her that her son is going to lose his ability to walk and then lose his ability to breathe at a relatively young age. I mean, at around 30 years old. So what, what do you do but just break down? I mean, right. she didn't want to believe it was, I don't remember this, but she, that's what she's tell, told me over the years. And I mean, I can't imagine what that's like for her because that just changes her whole, her whole world. And she's suddenly worried about me all the whole time. Another reality, a whole nother reality, a whole nother reality there. When, when you, I mean, and what's, what's even crazier is that, you know, it's not something that you were actually, you know, you, well, you were born with this, but it's not, you, you've experienced walking, you've experienced running, you've, you've, you've had those joys of like having the wind through your hair and, and running and tripping and falling, getting back up. Yeah. And then slowly that sort of deteriorated. I mean, that, that I find also yeah. to be so ex extremely crazy yeah. and difficult to add upon this, you know, it's mean, not to be yeah. able to experience it, but to be able to experience it, the yeah. head I've lost is a whole nother. I can imagine um, having everything you love taken away from you. I love playing sports. I love football, baseball, soccer. I just loved it so much. It was just, what do you, gave me what, so much. what do you miss most when it comes to pre wheelchair days? I think that playing sports, sports? is just playing football was like the biggest passion in my life. Like it was so, gave me so much joy. And to this day, I, I watch football all the time. I'm a, You've got a competitive nature, man. So I would, I would be wary yeah. to, to see you on the other side, you know, on the opposite side yeah. of, a, of a court. But hey, I, I, I could play back then. I can, I can do some stuff. No doubt, no yeah. doubt. But what, what's been amazing, what I always love, is that this, you know, though you, you've been confined to the wheelchair, and we'll, I love, want to talk more about it. Is just like you still have this adventurous, spontaneous spirit about you. Um, well, sp spontaneous, maybe not as much. I feel like I, I helped develop that over the years. But oh, yeah. uh, adventurous for sure, and um, and we've and we've gone and we've done a whole bunch of things. Whether it's you know from speedboating, white whitewater rafting, cruising down to the Bahamas and and such. But that that's really cool that you you pivoted and, and found new new ways to like express yeah. and that you know that urge. So yeah, sure. so thirteen fourteen comes about. You're you're bound to the wheelchair, right? That's you know that's sort of the last. Do you remember yes. that last? Do you remember that last moment? The last time you oh, sat in a wheelchair and never got back up. I remember the last steps I took. Really? Like, clear as day. Um, so my parents were in Israel, I believe, on vacation. And my brother was taking care of me. Um, and we planned a, a trip to Six Flags, uh, the amusement park. Um, Great Adventures? Was, New England? Uh, no, uh, New Jersey. Jersey. Great Adventure. Nice. And that morning, I used to wake up every morning and do like, leg stretches like I would bend over and push on my knees and just straighten my legs out and when I got up from that exercise I just fell my knees hit the ground and I fell backwards so try to picture what that looks like oh wow um so that just the pain was just unbearable and I think at that point I just decided that's it like, I can't keep going through this. I can't keep falling and hurting myself and crying in pain like this. So that, that was just the last day. And we uh, took a wheelchair with us to the park, and I never got out of it. 
Oh, you still you still went to the park with it though. You still went ahead. Oh yeah, I, I still. You weren't canceling any plans. No, no, I couldn't miss it. Oh, man, um, a testament to your to your to your character. Yeah, that, that was the last the last day I stood on my feet, and wow. to be honest with you, I didn't miss it all that much afterwards. No. How 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 how, it was can, just how, like, how could you say it? How was that possible? Every day I woke up. And I had to deal with the, the, the knowledge that, yeah, you're going to fall 20 times today. You're going to come home with bloody, scraped up legs, arms. You're just going to look like a mess when you get home. And I knew it. And every day you have to mentally prepare yourself for that. And it's just, it's demoralizing. It's so, it's devastating. Because you know every morning that by the end of the day you're going to be totally done you're going to be drained right you're just going to be totally spent and the relief knowing that i won't fall anymore Mm. that i won't go through that pain every single day that was just the biggest relief for me and i just was able to relax and sort of start enjoying life obviously that first year couple years in the wheelchair was pretty depressing just because you just lost something that you've been fighting to keep i was fighting every day to stay on my feet and to keep Mm -hmm. walking right so uh it was definitely very difficult and that was my lowest point those last couple years of walking just because of how difficult it was and then those first couple years in a wheelchair were the the toughest years of my life so going through going through those those darker times what was there something that kept you going that, that, or that kept you sort of pushing forward not giving up on yourself or, I mean, or, or do you just sort of get washed over and just let, you know, take that, let the course take its path. It was just, just that, just let whatever happens happen Mm -hmm. because I mean, you can't really control it. And I wasn't at, I wasn't in the, the stage in life where I could control it in the sense that, I can choose to be positive. I just wasn't, I wasn't there yet. I was at the point where I'm just going to sulk and wallow and suffer a little bit. Cause that's what I knew how to do. I didn't really know how to, how to deal with it. I mean, obviously family helps, friends help. But even when my mother who's very, very strong in her faith and is the reason. Your mom is a rock star. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you and, say it, but yeah. your mom is amazing. Wow, she's yes, an angel. Yes. She's incredible and it's incredible exactly cook. That That's angel. besides the point. Yes, exactly. She is an angel, and um, big shout she, out to Oshie's mom on the on yeah, the podcast right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she's the reason that I am so strong in my faith. She taught me over the years, and, but during those years, those tough years, I didn't really want to listen to what she had to say in terms of, oh, you got to believe, oh bring good things to your life. No, it wasn't really. That didn't really work in my head. I was not ready to listen to that. And it was tough because you feel alone. Even if you have all the family, all the friends, you feel alone. You feel like you're the only one in the world that's dealing with this. Did you, did you get involved really with some sort of support group? Like, did you get a, reach out to other, other kids or the teams that you're talking to? That I honestly, at that point, I didn't know anybody. This is before Camp Simcoe? 
Yes. I didn't know anybody with my condition. I, I felt like yeah. I was the only one and nobody understood me. Mm. And that's also very difficult for a young boy to for sure. have to learn to live with. Oh man, absolutely. I'm sure, I'm sure many people, whether they're in a, you know, battling a, a muscle dystrophy or not, or in a wheelchair or not, could, could really connect with that message. What you're sharing is of like just feeling alone, not, not feeling connected, feeling by themselves on top of, of course, the actual yes. reasons why. But um, th- yeah, man, that's, that's, that's definitely, so, yeah. so two years of that, but then, and I think this is going to combine with what we were talking about earlier, your yeah. shift takes place where you said you, you sort of found a shift yeah. of, of consciousness, of faith. What, what happened? Did you just get sick and tired of just feeling, you know, of being sick and tired? And you just start asking questions yeah. about reasons why? Did you question that at all? I mean, you hit, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I really was sick of feeling depressed all the time. You just get to a point where, wow, I'm wasting every single day being sad and depressed. I mean, it just gets so emotionally draining that you, I think everybody will eventually reach that point where, man, I'm sick of this and I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to be sad anymore. So that's a big part of it. But honestly, the biggest part of my shift into a positive and happy outlook was the happiest place on earth, Camp Simcha. Oh, famous plug. Yeah, nice. Yeah. That place did it for me. Wow. What, what was it about Camp Simcha? I mean, I was there and we're, I mean, that's where we all met. But like, what, what and I want, I'm going to talk about that, but what, what was it? Like, was it the, the day you just arrived seeing other kids? Um, the, the, what was the comfort? What, what did you find there that you felt like you were missing? So I'll be honest, it wasn't instant. I didn't really want to go to Camp Simpa. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just wasn't. I think that's just like you put yourself in that group where, oh, I'm a kid with a disease. I should go to this camp. It was very stupid. It didn't make sense. I well, you felt you well, you felt like you were just you felt like it was just a certain like a acceptance, like you're going to be branding yourself now, like accepting yourself, like you are a kid. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Uh-huh. But looking back at it now, I mean, that's just such a stupid thing to think. But I was a kid, and I was. Yeah, that, that, and I mean, I wasn't. I I didn't know what to expect. But it took like about the first summer. I wasn't really hooked yet. It was still an adjustment. I still didn't really accept my situation. I mean, I went to camp at age thirteen. Age thirteen, I was still pretty depressed so um that first year was an adjustment but the second year actually no the second year (laughs) i had this is what happened the second year i had a spinal fusion surgery yeah my whole back from the neck to the tailbone um so and that kept your spine they put a rod in this so it kept us you kept your your back straight right yeah and i went to camp two two months after that Oh man. Oh man. So it was, it was very difficult, but yeah. So actually I think it was the third summer with you as my counselor. Yo, that I remember, I still remember until today that it was my first summer. So it was your third summer in camp. And for me, it was my first summer in Camp Simcha. And um, and I just got in last minute. For those who know, Camp Simcha is a a summer camp 
a two-week, uh, it's split up into two-week programs for boys, for girls, um, kids who are battling cancer, kids who have chronic illnesses. And um, it's a very hard camp to get into. It's like the place you want to get into. And anyways, I had a hookup. A friend got me in two weeks. And I was only supposed to be there for the first session, for, for the boys' session. And uh, they put me, I was so last minute, they put me into the, into the group from Israel. And I don't speak a word of Hebrew. And my camper didn't speak a word of English. So, but he loved to dance. I love to dance. So we just like communicated through dance moves. But uh, it, was, it was pretty awesome. And I, I loved it. Two weeks were great. And then I was about to leave for, you know, for the second session when you were going to come. And like the last couple of days, Denby, the head counselor, he came over to me. He's like, he just like started whispering to my ear, like, oh, sweet. Just like randomly, I've been coming out of like the bathroom. He'll like come over to me like, oh, shoot. I'm like, dude, you're scaring me, man. And like, he'll just like, oh, shoot. And then eventually he's like, camper's coming. He needs a counselor. Guy couldn't make it. Are you down to stick around for another two weeks? I was like, sure. And, uh, and I started telling people, started asking, hey, who's your camper? I'm like, oh, shoot. And everybody's reaction was like, yo, you got, you got lucky. You got this. You got, you got a really good camper. So I had no idea what to expect. I had no idea about anything. Uh, and then you rolled right in, literally just rolled into my life and you haven't yes. left since. I mean, don't let it get to your head. That was the best summer of my life. <laughs> Sorry. It's, it's, oh, in, ego inflation yeah. happening right there. It's going, going. Yeah. Oh, sure. And, and, and I will yeah. echo those words. It was, that was my best summer as well. Yes. I went on for a bunch of more summers. We both have, but yeah. that was, that was a really special, a special summer, man. That, yeah, I that mean, I'm a, yeah. I mean, I can't give you all the credit, but that was the year. Classic Oshri, giving a compliment, but then taking something, you know, always with, you know, uh, uh, taking something. <laughs> I, I got, I got to give some credit to the magic, the overall magic that is Camp Simba. Sure. And I'll get into it now a little bit. But yeah, so that year was the biggest shift for me. I was a year removed from the back surgery, full as healthy as I felt in a long time as good as I felt in a long time. But that's when the magic of Camp Sokha just really made a huge impact on my life. You see all these kids and a lot of them are worse off than I am dealing with things that I was very fortunate not to have to deal with, like being on a ventilator and dealing with a lot of major, major everyday health challenges. You still so have things to be grateful for. But those kids were happier than I've ever been. They were smiling for two weeks straight. They were having the time of their lives. And the volunteers were fully committed to making that summer the best summer of those kids' lives. And you see the, the goodness of people, the inherent goodness of humanity. And you just feel good about the world you live in and the people you're surrounded with. And you learn how to laugh every day, smile constantly, mm. and just believe in the impossible. Believe in all the good in the world that everyone's ever told you about. All, all the things that people preach to you. All the things that my mother tried to teach me all the time. And you suddenly realize that every single thing that my mother told me, I started to realize was true. The world is a wonderful place. And it's a privilege to be able to live in it and to grow in it and to learn in it. And that was the year that I just got this huge 
never-ending appreciation for life. It never ends. It's unwavering wow. for me. That's that's amazing. I mean, that's true. That's incredible. And like, kudos to you. I just got chills hearing that. Um, how many of us? How many people? Even my own self that fall into this, you know, self-pity mindset. Yeah. Why me? What's going on? You know, wh why do bad things happen? Or just giving up on life? Um, and yet, you know, and and here you are coming to camp, and you're like, wait a second, that there's a, there's so much worse in life. There's so much I could be grateful for in life. Yeah. And that's a constant, and that's just, that's not the one thing that, that it takes constant practice. It takes constant, you know, I think you, I think, I know you even said this, which I found to be very profound in your, your vlog series, which I hope you bring back, uh, my happiness, uh, happiness is what, this is your words, Oshree. Happiness is what you need to live. Faith is what you need to fight. Can you explain that yeah. to me? Wow. So you did do your research. Okay. I would deep dive into Oshree. I was waiting for that moment where you would bring something out that I wouldn't think that you would bring out. Wow, okay. <laughs> I don't even remember that, but okay, that's good. Uh, can you actually repeat that? I can, uh, these, are, these are your words, Oshree. These are your wise words. Um, my words. Uh, happiness is what, and this, I want to give some perspective on where these words were taken from because I want people to check it out yourself. So you yeah. actually started a, um, a YouTube channel. And you started a series, a vlog called My Happiness, which is so beautiful because your, word, your name Oshri means translated, it's Hebrew, translated to English as my happiness. Yeah. So I think it's, it's, it's a beautiful testament to who you are. It's your essence, and, um, which, is, which is truly a, a, a genuine happy person. And within your, you have two episodes, only two right now. We hope to get more. One's titled Happiness, the other one's titled Faith. What's up, Osh? I know, I know. And, yeah. in the, and, in, and in the episode, you mentioned this line, which is, happiness is what you need to, f to live. Happiness is what you need to live. Faith is what you need to fight. Yeah. And my question to you is, how do you, what's, what's that differentiation? How is that, how is that different? Yeah, I mean, sure. Um, every day, you need to try and do things that make you happy. Think happy thoughts. And because every day is a long day and every day has its challenges. But if you maintain a certain level of happiness, you'll be in a much more balanced place, a much more peaceful place. And that's important to keep that a little bit of happiness with you all the time, every day, so that you maintain that, that stability, that, that, that mental health that you need just to get through every day. Faith. Faith is really when you're tested with big challenges, with big moments in your life where, wow, that's very scary. Wow, I don't know how I'm going to get through that. That's when you tap into faith. That's when you're tested, really. Are you going to, in the darkest moment of your life, are you going to believe that you will get through it? Or are you just going to let it overtake you? And I think faith is the only way to fight is to believe. And it doesn't necessarily have to be faith in God or faith in a higher power. Just faith that you will get through it. I mean, for me, it is a lot about God and believing in his plan. But it's also about just believing that I can get through it that I'm strong enough to get through it. And wow. I always surprise myself. 
with how strong I am. And that's not me trying to brag. It's just, I've gone through a lot of very difficult things in my life and I've always gotten through them and I've always come out stronger and I'm always surprising myself. What and I'm always, yeah, surprising myself that my faith comes out. It's like always there. Even when I go through the most difficult times, my faith is there. Even if I lose it for a second or for a day, it always comes back and it's always present in my life. Well, I mean, that's, that, I mean, that's, that's, it's, it's a tremendous thing to have um, yeah. to lean on and something which I know for myself, it's something that I work on. It's something that I have to constantly consciously work on to like continue like any other type of relationship, any type of muscle is to lean on and to, and to focus on, on the faith aspect. What are, what are some other ways that you, um, that you find yourself like sharing or outlets that you lean on to help you, you know, deal with, let's say, when it comes to like your mental health, when it comes to dealing with a tough situation. So you're talking about like an outlet. Like an outlet, yeah. Like for me, for example, like I need, like for me, just, for, I don't like punch my head through a wall. Like I have to go run. That's for me, I, lo I love running. That's how I let out my energy, my extra energy, because sometimes I, battle, I go crazy. I just got to go for a run. I put it in. So like, what is it for you? How do you in, in, go about having an outlet that when you have energy, when you blow some steam? I mean, I'll have to try running one day, right? <laughs> well, we make a good team. You know, we make a good team. We, we, yeah, we've, got a, we've got a couple of belts. Actually, oh, Oshri, I pulled this out. Look at this. Remember this? Oh, wow. Yeah. The marathon. That's right. I'm, I'm rocking out Team Oshri, Team Lifeline, Need for Speed, 2014 oh, yeah. baseball cap right here. The dream team. The dream team, man. The dream team. The dream mm -hmm. team. What's up, Adam? Um, we, it was fantastic. Um, and we, so together, we... We ran a few, uh, how many, three, four, how many marathons did we, did we, uh, I think we did three. There was one where you were injured. Right. And one where you couldn't make it. So we did three together because I did five and wow. yeah, three of them were with you. And we got, we picked up over time. The first year was a bit rough. I do remember that. It was rough. It was, it was cold. It was very hot. It, I, I know, but it was like the time and the stopping and the, yeah. We picked up. We were able to like do less bathroom breaks and just like roll right yeah. through it, man. It was like it was easy crazy. It was pretty wild. It was pretty wild. Some yeah, it was it was great. And you're and you're such a sport. And yeah. um and we gotta do it again. We gotta do it again. We gotta bring the team back together. I mean I don't know if you remember, but that first year, I mean, for the marathon, you have to raise thirty six hundred dollars. Yeah. Uh it's in January, end of January. You asked Miami. me to do it in November. I did. So I, I know. Two, <laughs> I pulled two months to raise 3600 bucks, And I'd never raised that much money before, let alone in two months. And How'd I'm you like, pull it off? I'm like, this dude is crazy. And I, <laughs> I believe in you, bro. I was like, this guy's got it. I mean, at that point, I knew you were crazy. I mean, I spent that first summer with you. I, I knew you were nuts. It was in the back. And I think everyone who knows you knows you're a bit nuts. <laughs> and you were just like, spontaneous and you just think that everything is possible. Just, i woke up so late yeah they started promoting this back in like august time. what so yeah i mean you think that anything is possible and that's great i believe that a lot that everything is possible for sure that's where we jive and, man that's where that's where we connect but i i didn't know i mean i thought it would be pretty cut kind of get pretty close raising 3600 bucks in two months but man we did it we did it we did it. And it was actually, and what's really awesome is that 
I mean, you have such an adventurous soul. So we planned it out that we went on a cruise yeah. before. Four day cruise. We left Monday, went to the Bahamas, hung yeah. out there. And like for the podcast, and I'm sorry, everybody, I know who's coming up. We can't share, indulge too many details on what goes on, you know, international waters. But <laughs> let's just say it was pretty crazy. It was, a little teaser right there. Oast Dog has some moves on the dance floor. I'll just say that, man. It was, it was, you're a hell of a I wingman. I got the head bob. You got the hell bob. You're a hell of a wingman. You're always looking out for a brother. And uh, it was fun, man. I think we, I think we cleaned out all the kosher food on the, on the cruise. Like Maybe there was literally no, <laughs> what? The food. Maybe you did. I didn't really like it. I know you didn't like it much, but we were like, it was like a group of like, well, that first year was like, what, me, eight, nine of us? Yeah. So yeah, we, by the end of it, all 2000 passengers knew who we were. Yeah, we left our mark. We left our mark. And then we did again the next we year. Loud. We were pretty loud. Yeah, we, we left our mark. That's, yeah. I mean, right, 100%. But I, I think, I mean, one thing that you're known for and what I really love um, is, and maybe it's an outlet for you, is your poetry, yeah. is, is your writing ability. And um, for those who haven't, you know, had a chance to check out Oshri's work, you can check out on Instagram, Poetry by Oshri at Poetry by Osher, it's, a, it's truly incredible stuff. And some deep, deep, you know, like just really amazing. I, where, do you have a certain process when it comes to your writing? Like, do you like have to get in a certain mindset? Are you sitting down? Does it come spontaneously? And like, which, where are you writing from? I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, it's very spontaneous. Um, I don't know how or what brings it on. Sometimes it's music. Sometimes it's a movie that I like. Sometimes it's an experience that I've had. Um, but things that I go through, things that I like, things that I enjoy, they bring me ideas. And I listen to the song, and maybe not right at that moment I get the idea, but later that night before I go to sleep, I start thinking. And I'm like, oh, wow, wait, that's a good idea. Let's, let's remember that. We're going to write that down tomorrow. And yeah, the, the poems come out like that. I mean, I get an idea, I get like a few words in my head, and then I just write them. Uh, wow. Some take a few minutes, some take a little longer, but I have to think of rhymes and I have to like think of the structure that I want. But a lot of them took a few minutes and I don't know where it comes from, but I just, I love writing and I love when that light bulb goes off and you're just like, get an idea and like, wow, that's really good. Let's write that down. And yeah, I just really enjoy it. And every time something big in my life happens, I write about it. And I mean, it's a great outlet. I'm very, that's incredible. Found that. That's just yeah. another way for me to, to get through this journey. Yeah. I wonder, I love, I love, I mean, I, there's so many of them. I, there's one that I actually Camp Simcha shared, which is like, if you don't mind me reading it, which is great. It's, it's sure. give me a day to walk and I'll run. Give me a day to stand and I'll jump. Or as, as, or as you've already chosen, give me a day to sit and I'll fly. I mean, just like, just beautiful, man. And also a lot of your poem, your poems are around love, around yeah. finding love, being loved yeah. in a, in a, Bro, I would say, because you are loved, right? I love you, Rosh, and you're loved by your family. You have many friends who support you and love you. But it, you, one could read that it sense from like a more romantic type of love. You're looking for a partner. 
um, a wife, a, a girlfriend, and I, and they're, they're really beautiful. I want, is that something that crosses your mind a lot? Is that, yeah, is that, is that something you think about and, and, and look at and go after consciously often? Um, aside from all the goals that I've had, that I have, I want to become an, a published author. I want to maybe go to school again. Maybe I have, I have a lot of ambitions. But the biggest dream of mine is to find that person, feel that love that's so undeniable that that fills your, your life with so much joy and just completes you. And I want to build a family and I want to have kids and teach them just how beautiful life is and how no matter how tough it gets, that there's a reason for it and that you're going to be stronger as a result of everything that you go through. I mean, I feel like I have a lot to offer in terms of those lessons, but also to a partner, I feel like I can just be that, that teammate, that sidekick. And it's tough because, I mean, it's eluded me for so long and I've had many heartbreaks Yeah, um, and girls that I've, fallen for that didn't feel the same way and it just feels like sometimes that I'm never going to find it but I always have that hope and that desire is always there and it comes out in poems I mean I've never most of the poems I've written about love I don't really have those firsthand experiences but I know what it's what it looks like just because I've always dreamt about it and I've always wanted it so yeah, the poems come out and they feel like real experiences, like romantic poems based on real experiences. And they're not, but in my head, in my imagination, in my dreams, I know who this woman of my dreams is. I've seen her in my dreams. I've just been able to, I know what kind of person I want to be with. And some of my best poems are love poems and I think that's just because I've always wanted it and I still want it. And I hope. Do when you write, do you, do you have a certain muse when you, when you write about, it? do you have like a certain person in mind? You have to say who, but is, or is it just the general concept of like this, this woman? I mean, the general concept. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. But feel free if you want, if you want to indulge. I mean, I mean, I'm sure she's listening right now to the podcast. She's a big fan and yeah. perhaps, you know, you know, well, uh, <laughs> no, kidding. No. Of course not. You, you do you. But I want, on, on that note, Oshri, I just, you know, another moment here where you, which you just shared so authentically, and it's such a power, how courageous your soul is of just laying it out there, saying how you feel, what you want. And not just that, like you've got your heart broken like multiple times. You know, many people go through life never taking that risk, making themselves so vulnerable to share yeah. how they feel with somebody else, knowing that they may not feel the same. And you, you haven't done it once, you've done it multiple times. I, for one, have avoided that for most of my life. Like it's, and it's something that I, I am very scared of. Yeah. And yet you, you, you step into that uncomfortability knowing that there is that risk. However, you show up and you give it your all and it's an incredible, incredible character trait, which I have not come across few and far between. And it just, it's, just, it's amazing to, to see that and to be in the presence of someone who shows up in life in such a powerful way. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely one of the scariest things to fall in love and 
not have that love returned, it's very, very scary to take that leap, knowing that there's a good chance that your heart's going to break into like a million pieces. It's almost as scary as having a disease that wants to break your heart into a million pieces, quite literally. Hmm. Um, it's, it's just very terrifying to put yourself out there and to face rejection and to have your dreams just crushed multiple times. But I mean, I have to believe that I'm going to find it because it's something that I really want. And if I believe in it, then I think chances are it'll happen. Um, I just got to be patient and the right person is going to love me for who I am and not see a disability or a wheelchair or a, or limitations or barriers. They're going to see someone who is kind and passionate and just has a, a love of life and uh, a thirst for new experiences and accomplishing dreams. And I mean, I think I have a lot to offer in that sense. Uh, um, heck yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah, man. You're, you're a hell of a guy. And, uh, and, and, and a, and a lucky person would be very fortunate to be in your presence and to partner up with you on the journey of life. And it's, 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 it's quite amazing to, like I said, that you just have a way with words and you just, you lay it out there. And, and there are many qualities um, that you possess um, and what you give so great, so beautifully and share that with the world. I mean, that, that, that's amazing, man. And, and, and for you to keep on keeping on is, um, is, is wild, man. It is wild. So um, you did actually write a, uh, a short story, the lovely, the lovely Fight, right? Well, that's the name of my book that is... Weird. That has been on the back burner for quite a few years now. Um, don't tell me you don't have time now because, dude, it's quarantine time, man. This is, this, is, this is the moment. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you that I don't have energy now. Fair. Well, well I, did, I, did, yeah. I did read a few. You did, I was lucky enough that you shared with me a few of those pages. And yeah. it's, it's amazing. It's, I mean, it's amazing. And it would, you, I, I got to just say, you have to keep on writing that, dude. Like, you yeah. got to finish that story. I need to know. Yep. Yeah. It's for sure one of my. Uh, it's on. My it's on the bucket list. Yeah, it's there. It's gonna happen. All right, make sure. Make sure. Yeah, it's gonna happen. What's what? Oshri, what is um? What would you say something is like the most misunder misunderstood thing about you? The most misunderstood thing about me. That's a tough question. I mean, I feel like I'm pretty authentic and pretty straightforward or if somebody comes approaches you for the first time someone who doesn't know you sees you for the first time what's something that you would want them to know like that you know i mean yes are certain judgments that happen before i mean you yes and this happens well you're right in that sense it happens for a lot of people with disabilities especially people with physical disabilities and people in wheelchairs um that they're not looked at as people with ideas people with like intelligence people with you know something to offer and that is definitely a big misconception because i mean some people with disabilities are actually people that are smarter than most because they've been through more they have more experiences they know more about life and what it takes to 
fight through it. They're more mature. And it's people who go through those types of challenges that really surprise you. And I think it's, I mean, I think you can say just being a, a counselor at Camp Simcha. I mean, they say that the campers help the counselors more than the counselors help oh, the campers. Oh, 100%. The more you give, the more you get. Totally. Totally. And I'm always inspired by people with stories that have a lot of challenges and a lot of obstacles. And of course, everyone goes through their own, their own challenges every day. I'm not saying that some people's problems are bigger than others, but the people that I've met in camp, the people that have gone through the unimaginable, they're the people that give me so much inspiration. Like, wow, if they can get through that, I can get through anything. And I think that's very important. I think we, people should look at people with disabilities as people who just know a lot about what it takes to get through every day. And we shouldn't be overlooked. And it's important for me to be vocal and to share my experiences and my outlook because I feel like I can help a lot of people. And to silence people like me and not listen to people like me, I mean, that's a shame. It would be a huge shame. So yeah, I'm definitely very, very um, committed to sharing my experiences because I want to help as many people as possible. And it's important when I go through something like I go through, like muscular dystrophy, to have a reason, to have a purpose. Why am I going through it? And I think I go through it because I'm strong enough to extract knowledge that I can give to other people that I can share and express and that's given me a lot of purpose a lot of fulfillment and that's one of the biggest things in my life to be able to use my experiences um as much much, what you do what you do I mean as much as it seems like I'm not lucky I'm one of the luckiest people alive because I have an amazing outlook on life and a beautiful, a beautiful outlook on life. And I'm just a happy person. And who would I be to not try and help others reach that level of happiness? Cause a lot of people are suffering. So what would you say right now to, to the listeners and who listen to this podcast, what would you, what advice or what would you tell them if they're going through a rut or if they're going through something, if they're not happy, what can you share with them to, to just brighten up their day or give them a tip about how to get to that place? Um, I would just tell them to try to find even small things that make them happy and do those things repeatedly and build that foundation. If you're doing things that make you happy, you build that foundation of being happy. And when you go through challenges, even if you don't believe in God, just try to have faith that things will get better. If you don't have like a point of reference, you don't see any reason but why you should believe. They could turn at, to you. They could, they could look at you, bro. Not even just me. Just every, look at other people's stories. Uh, look, listen to a lot of um, TED Talks and speeches from people who 
have a lot to share. And if you don't know how to have faith or where to get that motivation and inspiration, look for it because it's there. In all of life, everywhere you look, you're going to find inspiration. So, I mean, it's important to look for it. It's important to try to be happy, do things that make you happy, and take it day by day. Take it day by day because that's all you can do, really. But if you try to be happy every day and you just make that a habit, I think eventually you'll get through it. That's, that's tremendous, man. Really incredible. Uh, slowly coming to the end of this, I wanted to ask you, what is your favorite quote? Favorite quote. Oh, man, you're really uh, stumping me right now. Um, oh, what's favorite your favorite? Quote? What? A favorite, or, or it could be a lyric from a song, one of your favorite songs. Lyric from a song. Hmm. Wow, you're really uh, getting <laughs> this here. Well, but, I, oh, okay, I got one go, for you. Go, all right, go for it. I'm just stump you for two. All right, so, I mean, I heard a song recently. It's called Gloria by the Lumineers, and the singer says, heaven help me now, heaven show the way, get me back on my own two feet. So, I mean, for me, heaven is God, and God has always been there to help me. He's always shown me the way. And maybe one day he'll get me back on my own two feet. You know, um, I just got to believe and have faith and fight every day, and my dreams will come true, I think. Wow. Do you have, do you have, is there like one pinnacle dream that you have what when what's your dream Oshri? i mean it's simple i just want to like we talked about before it's not success it's not a claim it's love and it's family and it's building a family and having children and teaching them about life and how beautiful it is and that's the dream that's what i want more than anything else it's not even walking anymore i've been wow, like over that I, I i'm i'm used to this life um i just want to be as healthy as possible as stable as possible i don't want to reach the latter stages of this disease and i don't i don't know but i think i think i'm pretty stable at the moment and all i want is to find love and it might seem like i shouldn't Think that that's everything but that's what i think will make me the most happy out of any possible outcome amen brother i love that love is love i look forward to celebrating with you in that in that time in that time and to la end off this last question being that this is the great day podcast what is a great day for oshri Moyal? okay so i thought about this did you because I watched your podcast and I got to wow. the end. I was like, okay. <laughs> Look at you I doing know. research, man. Pulling the fast one on me. Yeah, for sure. Um, listening to a lot of music. That's one. And there's actually another quote that explains it perfectly. Um, his name is sure. Jimmy P. He was uh, a basketball coach who had cancer and died for it. But he started this foundation, raised a lot of money for cancer. But he said in a speech once that the perfect day is to laugh, to have moments in thought, to 
think a lot and to cry. He said, that's a full day. So uh, listening to a lot of music, going through those various emotions, because that's a complete day. But most of all, spending time with family, talking to friends, building those connections and those relationships. That's the perfect day. Just spending it with family, listening to beautiful music, because honestly, music is the biggest gift. And just learning from life, learning from the day. Love that, Osh. Love it. Always, always filled with wisdom and always willing to share it with us, man, with me. So thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. If people want to tap into your stream of beauty and, and inspiration, where can they find you? Where can they find me? Social uh, media. Poetry by Oshri on Instagram. There are those videos, those my happiness vlogs, which I'll try to get more of those out for you guys. Yes, please. Um, but yeah, I mean, hit me up. I mean, all right. Your talk, uh, yeah. Awesome. And of course, once things are opening up, and if uh, there's any educators out there, schools or organizers, I'm sure um, Oshri has done and is open to public speaking as well. And oh, yeah. uh, absolutely, he definitely has a way of capturing the crowd and sharing a story and a message. So that's awesome. Anybody's lucky enough to be in the crowd is a fortunate human being. Oshrey, it's been real, man. Thanks so much yeah. for uh, taking the time, hanging out, reminiscing, going down memory lane, and sharing uh, your wisdom with me today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, brother. And for all those who are uh, listening, thank you so much for doing so, coming through to the Great Day Podcast. Uh, thank you, Oshrey, for coming and sharing. And for all those who want to hear more and check out all the other podcasts. You can check out the Great Day Podcast with Mayor Faye, wherever podcasts can be found. Uh, they're also videotaped and placed on YouTube as well. So you can check that out if you'd like to watch videos. So until then, like I always say, stay positive, be happy. I'm Mayor Kay, and have a great, great day. day.